Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. She thought it was really important that I had a ring from Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about Tiffany's. I wanted to be the biggest of my all the friends. Mm-hmm. So within three days of the engagement, I hid the ring. I didn't tell anybody we were engaged. And he kept being like, let's call our parents. Let's have a party. Let's. I'm like, no, no. Because oh, I want him to be bigger to me. So I made him drive to Tiffany within two or three days after the engagement. My agenda was to quickly go to some other like mom and pop boutique store where we can get way more for our money. And I want mm. the ring ASAP. Welcome back to another episode of Divorce Party. Our guest today is going to be anonymous because our guests are as honest as they can be. And our guest today wants to be brutally honest without anyone knowing who or what she's talking about. And she wants to have this conversation with us today. And we're going to try to cover all of it, relationships, marriage, divorce, why we do it, what led us to it how we grew up thinking about it. And she's one of my oldest and dearest friends. Please welcome to the show, your mystery guest. This is Divorce Party. So I guess this is where I want to start. So I've known you for almost half of my life or more now. Um, And I feel like we met at a time when we both were very like boy relationship obsessed. Yeah. Off by saying that. No, it was like super important. Like it was like addicts. part of our life. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was like the highest, riskiest cat- part right. of the day. It's like mm-hmm. we've just become grown-ups. And instead of like really worrying about like what we were gonna do in the world, which I mean we did a little bit, but it was like mostly about like the flavor of the moment, what guy we were obsessed with. Yeah. The drama. And more for me was like who's going to pick me? Yes. Cause like you and I both went away to school. Like we left where we're from to go to a big university. And part of the draw for me was I want to have a bunch of new people around. 
because I grew up with all the same kind of folk. I dated all those guys. And I was like, kind of like I get to reinvent myself. It's part of like the fun of going far away from home. Yeah. And for me, it was like, I totally thought, because again, these guys like didn't know who I was or like my reputation from high school. I thought as long as I'm like hot and funny and nice, and I think they're hot, funny and nice, it's going to work out. It'll be fireworks. And then I'll have a boyfriend. Yeah. (laughs) This was my criteria. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I so identify with the pick me situation, which, you know, now that I'm a mom, ew, (laughs) now that I'm a mom, yeah, and I have a daughter, it's like all these issues are coming up for me or I see myself in her and I just want to like, I just think, God, why didn't somebody educate me more or show me like something different? Like, Hey bitch, pick yourself, like learn from a young age to pick yourself. And maybe we won't have all these problems and distractions. Totally. There was, there was like no relationship skill conversation that we now have, which is like on every podcast and thank God every book and people talk about it. Like it was find someone who likes you and like them and the rest should just totally work itself out. Yeah. And easy peasy. You'll date for two years. Yeah. You'll, and like the standard, I feel like when we were like in that phase was like, okay, you date someone for like a year and a half, two years, then you like, move in or get engaged and then the wedding and then the two kids and like all the stuff and it's like yeah and like there was no like but if things go sideways here's some ways to regulate or here's how to have a conversation or what are your insecurities what are his insecurities if you don't know that then you're just for the best Mm -hmm. not really there was no hard conversations being had so I never saw that and and like survival mode and like you got to make more money take the kid to soccer move on got it reflection so i didn't know that you had to do that i thought once you found your person you're good that's done and then you like you know pay your taxes and get a job (laughs) adult but you have like a partner so that life isn't maybe that hard but that's not how it is and i feel like where you grew up especially I feel like it's still very much the same way today where everyone gets married really young. And when I say really young, I mean like early twenties and you start like just striving for that standard cookie cutter, the house, the dog, the two kids, the whole enchilada. Yeah. And a lot of where I was from was, is this person you're picking or you're into from a good family too? Did they go to a good school? Do they have their shit together? You know, do do they know how to speak this way? Do they also belong to a country club? It's kind of like a resume match. And so if you find your match in like what's successful to the outside world, then this should totally come together as like a solid union. And then of course you're going to have healthy kids and financially mm-hmm. stable. And, but there's no discussion of when things don't go the way they're supposed to as per the scene. And then that's really what fucking matters. What do you do when things aren't going well? Yeah. And who you choose as a partner shouldn't so much, their resume shouldn't so much matter as in terms of, do they make you happy? Are they a good person? Totally. Totally. No one ever discussed like, okay, you're attracted to this person, you know, for this physical thing. Cool. But like, who are they as a person? What's their character? Because when, again, things don't go well or it's a bad day, how do they show up? 
the resume doesn't matter. The school doesn't matter. Their job doesn't really matter. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. I have so many questions. Okay. Um, Okay. So just to just briefly touch before you got married and then slash divorced, you did get engaged to somebody who I feel like fit that whole thing, that whole resume we just talked about. And then you guys decided to not get married. Yeah. Yeah. Like touch on that in any way you can, and then get me to how you met your husband. Um, so the guy that I was engaged to, that was my longest relationship throughout my whole twenties. And he was a kid from high school. He was a kid who was a year above me from high school. So it's where I was from. I knew exactly who he was. And I liked the story about us at that time, because in high school, he had a big crush on me. And I had such a power trip because I wasn't into him. He was like the good kid. He was like really smart and kind of nerdy and quiet. And I was like bad boys at the time. So I thought that was cool. But at the end of high school, he became the quarterback and kind of like the superstar. He was like this late bloomer in my high school. And so he became like the it boy. But then he left and went to college and I continued to finish school. Fast forward after college. So years later, I run into him and it was like seeing like a superstar. He was super attractive to me. He was nice and funny. And again, I, I already knew who he was. So like he was a good person and smart and sweet. And I was like, oh my God. And I love the fact that I already knew a long time ago, he had a thing for me. So I felt totally confident. Anyway, we get together and we're together like six years. During that time, uh, I was in love with him. It was the first time I ever like really felt like I was in love with somebody. And we were building this like really comfortable life. And where I'm from, that was the goal is to find someone great on paper, looked great from a good family, had money, and mm-hmm. we were going to lead you to a really comfortable life and lifestyle. Well, things changed when, after we got engaged, oh, and by the way, having a huge ring was absolutely important. That was, that was a huge status symbol it was all about the tiffany past present and future totally and and i i never self-reflected back then i'm like why is this so important to me i wasn't from money he was yet that brought me into a world that i felt like i really wanted to belong to and i made the ring so important that actually when he proposed to me um i didn't like the ring because it wasn't big enough and I didn't tell many people this story because it makes me sound terrible, but I was, you know, like 20 something, 22, yeah. 23. Rats. And uh, he thought it was really important that I had a ring from Tiffany's. Mm-hmm. I didn't care about Tiffany's. I wanted to be the biggest of my oh. mm-hmm. So within three days of the engagement, I hid the ring. I didn't tell anybody we were engaged. And he kept being like, let's call our parents. Let's have a party. Let's. I'm like, no, no, because oh, I wanted the ring to be bigger. This is a human now, but then I was like, it was just, it was just super important to me. So I made him drive to Tiffany within two or three days after the engagement. I had not announced anything and social media wasn't a thing. So like, that right. wasn't. I'm sitting in the car in the parking lot to Tiffany. The poor kid is like, like kind of mortified that he has to undo this like big gesture that purchased. He walks into Tiffany's and like discusses with some manager, like how to undo it. And, ba- and I wasn't in the store because I was like, I don't want to be a part of this part. Yeah. Yet I'm driving this train. Right. I'm forcing you to do it. He undoes it, gets out of the store. And I'm kind of sweating bullets knowing this isn't wrong, but I'm also like, we're doing it. <laughs> Goes back into the car. 
I'm thinking there's some green light where we can get a bigger one. I'm thinking same day transaction. It's in the car. And he's like, so embarrassed. His face is white. And he's like, right. So it's going to be like a while before we get the money back. Like this isn't something that happens really fast. I had no idea how much he spent. I didn't want to know. But clearly yeah. there was a big number. Like it's not like a quick. Yeah. Yeah. Like any ring that you get in normal world, if you get the same size ring at Tiffany's, it's like triple, quadruple the price. And it was, I was just so like naive yet demanding, which is like so again, I'm embarrassed to even admit this, that I didn't care about that part. And he was like, uh, so I undid it. I know you don't like it. And I don't want you to wear a ring you don't like. And I'm like, mm-hmm. My agenda was to quickly go to some other like mom and pop boutique store where we can get way more for our money. And I want the ring ASAP. And he was like, he was like, what do you want to do? And I felt so in a kind of evil, but also just like, I fucking deserve this. I was like, I want to go to Greenwich, which is this other like town. And I want to like shop around and like find something. Ready? We both like. Oh. It was like, he was like, um, yeah, I mean, okay, but just, you know, like, we're not going to probably get it today because I need the money back from Tiffany. And I was like, that's fine. Oh my God. And like this poor bastard. I wasn't. Right. I was totally jumping way ahead to some righteous position that I had not earned, was not important, that eventually would be like a massive, you know, issue, issue later. Because that's not who I was. And I was hustling to be worthy and to be the rich bitch and to be chosen. And that uh, ring, whole behavior, thank God in retrospect, showed me that was never going to be who I could be with him. And the whole thing was a disaster. Wow. Fast forward, the ring that I want, I then am just showing it to the world because it was like, I made it. Yeah. I made it as if I like, you know, passed the bar. And did your family, and was your family like happy, satisfied with this like partner? They couldn't be happier, I'm sure. He's great. We've known him forever. Look at the ring. We're going to plan a huge wedding. Country club. Oh, oh yeah. It's like I, yeah, I was on the path for sure. And I was going to be taken care of. So my mom and dad didn't have to worry about me anymore. My sister was like, oh, good. She's got a good guy. They'll have to be married and have kids. Like done. As if like, there will be no problems after that. Cause I got chosen and look at my wow. huge ass ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That has nothing to do with happiness. Yeah. I think that's the name of the marriage cult chosen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Someone likes you enough to ask you this massive question, which means they believe like it's going to work. And then they're going to put a bunch of investment and a symbol on it. So then like, you're good. Mm-hmm. There's no way to fall apart. Cause like, look at the investment. Why would you invest in something you don't believe in? Right. And as a woman, like, yes, easy street. <laughs> I know. And also just to be mean to you for five seconds, I feel so bad for that poor bastard that asked you to marry him. Can you imagine? He's like, like you said, like, let's call our parents. Let's call our family. Like, so ready to share it with the world. And you're like, no. <laughs> I was like, I'm not, no, I don't really want to do that. And he was like, what? Oh. Okay. So moving on, you blow it up. Were you, I forget, were you... The one who said, I'm out. Oh, no. Yeah. So, so I was holding on to that relationship for dear life because there was no plan B. And again, right. I was getting so much credit and like high fives, if you will, and kind of like, wow, she's marrying that guy. That guy's great. He had 
been really successful in business early on. He had sold a company. He had, he had come into millions of dollars. I, not from money, uh, was also a school teacher. So I had a tiny salary. I had a very simple lifestyle. When we got together, that lifestyle grew because of the togetherness. We had moved in together. The ring was many, one of many examples of me living way higher than my means because he was providing. Mm-hmm. And I found that to be so satisfying on so many levels because again, that was something brand new to me. So as the relationship evolved, the engagement happened. Um, six months into the engagement, he was no longer working. I was still doing my normal job. He wasn't working anymore because when he sold the business, there was an understanding legally that he would no longer work for like five or six years as an entrepreneur. Fine. So then he got weird. He got real weird. And there was no discussion back then of what mental health was or triggers or insecurities or shame or any of those important conversations were not even being had. I didn't have language for it. All I knew was that this, my best friend, my lover, my partner, the guy I'm supposed to marry and have this like story with is acting super weird. Mm -hmm. And I had no one to talk to about it. Because God forbid someone understands that like my little fairy tale with the ring is like not going yeah. well. They're like, suck it up. No, there was no podcast. There was no book about it. I didn't have a no. therapist. Like, like I was just working in the dark. So I just carried on with my lifestyle thinking, well, as long as I'm hot and funny and nice and I like look really good all the time and like I make dinner sometimes. And you're like, super agreeable and she's going to come around because yeah. that's what my mom did. She always looked good, always made dinner, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, my sister's married and she's got a fake ring and no, this will be fine. I knew something wasn't right, but I did not know how to handle it. And I was so embarrassed. Oh. I was embarrassed that he was being weird. Mm-hmm. Anyway, fast forward, he had gone on a business trip, one of many business trips, that six-month weird window. Although I'm planning a wedding. I'm planning right. a mass wedding in the Hamptons. What's it called? Wedding planner. I'm like making the appointment for my dress. Like I'm moving forward with like the sitcom of what a girl does when she's chosen like the movie. You're Rachel in Friends. Really, <laughs> although he's barely talking to me. And I'm mortified because I'm not telling my friends this because they're not going to know what to fucking say. And then I'll be more. I'm sure they're like, oh my God, is he so excited? Like, what is he? Is he involved in the planning? Like, I'm entertaining all the bullshit conversations, even, even with my mom and my sister, who normally I would be truthful to, but I was like, they're so excited for me. And that like, what a red flag right there when you start pulling back and not being honest with like the people you're closest with. And when you're embarrassed by what's actually happening and you can't even pull up a story to like cover it, there's something deeply wrong. Anyway, fast forward, he comes home from a business trip, which by the way, like at that point, he didn't have any normal friends. His friends were like 60 year old investment banker guys who also were like, you know, retired and they're playing golf and they're inviting him to philanthropic trips to Africa to like start a water system. Like this is where he is. And I have nothing in common with him anymore. He is depressed, alone and feeling isolated. Yet the money is somehow supposed to make everything fine. It caused a major divide and it made me very scared that the story was ending. He comes home and again, we had been barely talking. So I just put on like the big personality and I look fabulous and I've been dieting and I did everything right. The house was clean, right? This is what we did. He comes home and I can just see on his face, he's going to tell me that it's over. (gasps) 
I am holding on to the dream until he walks over and I'll never forget it. He dropped his suitcase and was like, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I knew exactly what that meant. The entire plan was crumbling before my eyes. And I remember being like, I can't survive this. I don't have a B. I have totally invested all that I am into the story. No one knows that this is about to fall apart. So where do I even begin to rationalize it for myself right. and then call my mom and call right. my sister and like grab pillars of support? I was like, this guy was supposed to be a sure thing. And now it's, and I also was like, I don't even know how to start over. I have to start over. Yeah. It wasn't even about being alone. It was like, I don't know how to, I don't know how to adult alone. Totally. I also feel like those relationships too, especially when you're so young and still in your twenties, it's like, they do become very like codependent, right? He was smarter than me. He had money. I didn't, I had a very simple job, but like, I couldn't afford the rent of this house that we had. I couldn't afford my BMW. I couldn't, I don't even know how much groceries cost. I didn't know. I had cards for that. Yeah. Like just put it on the card. And so what he basically said, I'm so sorry. Not only, of course, was I like, you don't love me enough? Yes. I then realized, I mean, not consciously. But that's what you think. I'm not enough. You don't love me enough. My entire value was based on what he thought and the plan. So when that broke and he was like, no, I'm so sorry. I was like, and I'm nobody. But I like bought into this whole, like, I'm a shiny somebody. And you've known me forever. And you used to be obsessed with me before you knew me. Now you know me and you don't want it. And I was like, the level of depression that ensued Ugh. was like suicidal. Ugh. It was because I didn't know that I didn't really like myself. I thought if he liked me, then I can like me. It was a total reverse. Mm. It broke me down. To then, uh, you know, it sounds so cliche, but like I had to fully rebuild and I had to recognize how insecure I was, even though that was embarrassing because I looked great and I was smart and nice and I was a fucking school teacher for poor kids. Like I did all the right things. Right? I followed the rules. I kept it together. Uh-huh. the handbook. And kind of, again, going back to my model, like I did what my mom did. She was married for over 50 years, not happily, but nonetheless, <laughs> every day, there was no question that that was going to sustain itself. And I thought, how did this happen to me? And going back to like a little bit of history, like no one's divorced in my family. No one had been even broken up with in terms of like an engagement. Right. So I was suddenly like so embarrassed on every level. Embarrassed, I believe it's going to work. Embarrassed about the ring. Embarrassed about he's leaving me. Embarrassed that I spent six years with the wrong person. All the shame. Yeah. Hit like tiny cuts for a year. Ugh. I was just so sad because I thought no one's going to love me again at this kind of him. I'm never going to let someone really know me if this didn't work out because he was supposed to be safe. Right. And so do you think more walls went up because of this? Um, I would say that was the first time I went into therapy. Okay. So that was in a way like it's amazing. 
And I realized so early on, I didn't really know who I was, but the relationship was showing me who I could be, but I was just totally hustling. Mm. And uh, I did not know who I was. And so I had to figure that part out. And I had to like the parts I didn't like about myself versus pretending they're not there and like putting on a shiny face. Yeah. Again, it's something we don't learn or didn't learn our generation, whatever you want to say, because we, you know, we would watch all of these movies these days. We were roommates for years and that's what presented. That's what's presented to us as women. If you look like this, you have a respectable job, you're, you know, affable and you're, you know, just kind you know, there for, to support him or whatever, it's all going to work out for you. Yeah. And like the pretty nice girl is chosen. She doesn't get left. She doesn't go into the dark. She doesn't get screwed. She gets chosen. And so suddenly I'm like, I have to now choose myself to recover from this. And I don't even like myself. Right. That was super scary. So I, so the walls didn't go up per se. I more just like threw myself into my job because I was like, I can't be worthless. Mm -hmm. I can't. Thank God I had a job that was all about service. I was an elementary school teacher, right. super poor district. And I needed to like fully mother these little people to show that like, I matter, right? I don't mm-hmm. matter that guy, but I matter with these 24 little kids and I will go above and beyond so that I have some sort of point of still being here. Cause I went to bed crying. I woke up crying. It was like, Ugh. it was absolutely devastating. Oh my gosh. And the only thing that helped was other girls eventually who I met who told me about their friend who got left at the altar, their friend whose boyfriend died in a car accident. I mm-hmm. needed someone who, someone, whether it was like that exact person or their friend of a friend, I didn't care, who was like, I went through a tragedy too. This isn't that, you're not the only one. Yeah. And then to them afterwards, they went to business school, they moved, they right. started teaching. Like maybe it happened for them or obviously not the person dying, but you know, no, totally. It was like, that was one bad chapter. And then all this good shit happened. And I'm like, right. Cause I couldn't see beyond the sad thing that happened to me, the yeah. shameful thing. I just took it so personally that I, I didn't know who I was. Sure. How sad is that? Anyway. Yeah. But that's how we, I mean, we didn't know any other way. That's just- no, totally at the time. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me because I hated myself. But of course, years later, I was like, that was the best shit ever because otherwise I would have been in an unhappy marriage pretending to be somebody I'm not. Yeah. And, and like withering know. away. Totally the worst. Yep. Yep. I would have lived a lie for sure. Um, okay. So one thing I love about you is you're a bad bitch and you sometimes just go, guess what I'm doing. Uh-huh. never forget you call me and you're like, uh, I bought myself a trip for new year's Eve. I'm not going to fucking be here. I don't want to go out with do the usual. I'm going out of the country. And I'm like, and you're like, and I know no one I'm going by myself. Totally. Also hearing that at the time for me, it sounded like the scariest, like that's something uh-huh. I feel like now I could do it. But like back then I could never do that on my own. Like 29? No. Also at the time, so a year had gone by after that breakup and I was like, well, with therapy and like, I started to like journal and like slowly move into self-care. Not that that was a term back then. Yeah. And I finally started to be like, 
I think I'm going to be okay. Like, I actually kind of like myself again. I was working out and eating well and like moving into that. And then I ran into two girls I didn't know very well who told me that they just got back from a trip to Mexico. This like fitness retreat place, blah, 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 middle of nowhere. And I should really go because they heard about what happened to me. It was one of those. And I was like, and they're like, you heard about what happened to you from your brother. Listen, you're going to be fine. You should do this trip. So I just remember these girls telling me about this trip that they went on and they went on separately. They both went on this trip, but like as independent girls, whatever. And one girl was British. I remember because I thought she was like so cool. And the other girl was like Welsh. So somehow like with their accent as to an American girl. Yeah, you're like, like, they know better. They're so smart and worldly. They're so much better than us. Yeah. So they travel internationally by themselves and yeah. they think I can. Yeah. Surely I must go. Yeah. And this is before WhatsApp, like all the things. Oh, this is before Instagram, like Facebook was still kind of hot, like whatever. Yeah. So they planted the seed and I was like at a coffee shop and I remember being like so overwhelmed by like, in a way their advice and also their like, you can do a girl kind of moment and left. And I was like, <sighs> I was like, those two cool girls think I'm cool enough to do what they did. I was like, I'm yeah. looking at it right now. Yeah. I was like, I think I might do it. So it took me a few months to like, actually want to do it and like be like I'm doing this my family was like this is a terrible idea (laughs) they're like you just went through a nightmare and you're moving home you need to rebuild (laughs) and I was like I'm gonna go on vacation first and yeah part of it was I did not want to be home it was like Christmas New Year it was the end of it was like I don't even know, like December. What was that time? Right Christmas and New Year's, yeah. It was basically a Christmas, New Year's, like that that awkward week, right? Like after the high of Christmas and then, oh God, what are we doing for New Year's? It was that week uh, that I thought I can't be in my hometown for this with like the annoying Christmas romantic bullshit and whatever. Because he and I were together for so many years. He was part of Christmas. And I'm like, I'm going to be the sad single bitch at the table. No. I was like, no. So um, I managed Christmas, but really the excitement was I had this like scary adventure I'm going to go on. And I also did it because I had finally gotten out of like that super dark depression. And I'm like, I can fucking survive my own darkness. I can get on a plane and like manage a week in the sunshine with women I don't know. Yeah. I was like, that seems kind of like, just a hard workout versus like, let's do a marathon tomorrow. (laughs) So anyway, long story short, I go on the trip and uh, the best part of the trip besides like the fitness and the beach and eating healthy and all of that was I met like 25 women who had stories of bankruptcy and divorce and God, like every cancer and, you know, like, all, all of the major life things these women had already and survived it and had other stories after that. And I was, you know, young enough to like totally appreciate the wisdom from other women. And they came from, they were all different sizes. None of them were like the hot chick. They all were just like these beautiful, experienced, confident as fuck women who just continue to take care of themselves and just openly share major life stories. And I'm like, so I'm fine. They're like, oh, please. You will have other things one after the other one. And you'll be in our position soon telling another woman, she's fine. Yeah. This is the way it is. This is the way it is. That's this one chapter. You've got a bunch to go. 
So why are you putting all your whole story is not in what happened to you? And I was like, oh, like my perspective was like, right. Yeah. And like learning that, like, oh, you're not a victim. Like you're a Nothing actually bad happened to you. And I'm like, what? And they're like, you got to change that story that like, this was the worst thing that happened to you. They're like, there's so much more to go. Oh my God. Wasn't it such like a aha moment the first time you heard that term? Like, this is the story you keep telling yourself. Like, that's great. Like when that first was told to me, I was like, what? And I'm like, everyone does it. Everyone obsessively like creates stories about tiny comments that are made or whatever, whatever. And I was like, oh, and you can rewrite that story. I was like, huh. I was like, I'm in my own worst enemy. Right. That's when Brene Brown becomes someone on my radar. And she put that in such simple language that I'm like, she gets this. Yep. What this is about. I don't actually have to live my crazy stories. Mm -hmm. I can change. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, yeah, talking to other women who had gone through worse scenarios was the most comforting thing ever, ever. And then I was like, oh, I'm, I just lived. I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. And I'm on vacation. Yeah. That is not going to deter me from this next adventure phase, whatever. So I got really confident because I was supported by women who understood mm-hmm. and who didn't feel bad for me. In Connecticut, in like that very concentrated community of where like no one better fuck up, no one better like look weird, everyone's gotta have the same car. I was like the pity, the girl that they felt sorry for. And I was like, this feels like a never ending, you know, like like a bad hell. lifetime movie. Totally, totally. Like something bad happened to her. Yeah. Like at the grocery store. I remember being so paranoid to go to the grocery store. And like so and so's mom. Some country club right. bitch would come up to me and be like, hi. Okay, like, he's like, a whisper. Because, like, this, like that really embarrassing thing happened to me. Yeah. And I was like, this cannot be my life. Yeah. <laughs> like, please. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're like, I, they're like, I have another son I could introduce you to. <laughs> I'm like, I gotta get out of here. We're <laughs> retarded at Trader Joe's. <laughs> um, Anyway, so then like the trip to Mexico not only led to like this different perspective on challenges in the life and like, that's so normal and well done. You survived that. There will be more. Continue on. Um, I also, I also was starting to let go of like being cool and funny and and hot because I don't remember, but like, this is like early 2000, Lululemon wasn't a pant then. Like you didn't look hot in the gym. You wore like your champion sweatshirt and like your cross shorts to the gym. Like you wore like your hair in a bun or a ponytail. Like Mm -hmm. there was no beauty or like sophistication in workout clothes. And I went to a fitness retreat where again, no one had cool fitness outfits. You just had like, you know, the basic black bike short, but you know, champion sweatshirt. Or or, sorry, champion like uh, sports champion. Like a white sports bra, like crazy bitch shit. Um. Anyway, and so I remember feeling like, and they, you were working out like five times a day, so there was no like looking great for class. You just like went. Mm-hmm. Um. And I remember finding so much freedom and like everyone had like a weird sunburn, and like you showed up to Pilates, like like it didn't matter. And I was like, oh, I so I feel so free. Yeah. No one looks super hot. That's that's not the point. No one cares. There's no competition and there's no being chosen here. We're all just like trying to feel better. Mm -hmm. And yeah, fitness and exercise and the sun and working out 
are the tools. Anyway, with that and the, and the female friendship, so healing, I ended up getting together with the main fitness trainer guy, which felt super rebellious yeah. because he was not good on paper at all. No. <laughs> if I thought I was choosing like the safe bet, like Mr. Quarterback USA, this guy, the trainer, like didn't make a lot of money. He was covered in tattoos. He was skinny. He was like some alternative rocker dude. I found out later he only dated lesbians. Like he was so. He's like I'm the guy that turns lesbians. Yeah, yeah. Like brings them back. Whatever. Super open about his sexuality. Uh, he was a host. Like he was like he was like super extroverted, nothing was off the table, funny, fast, witty, a boss. He led the whole retreat. Um, and honestly, wasn't that handsome to me? Like he didn't have that look of like, <gasps> but his energy and his personality and his honesty was so attractive that I liked his character. I liked who he was. I liked how he showed up. I liked how he was nice to the dogs on the property, how he was nice to, you know, the, the maids. And I just liked him as a person. And I was like, oh my God, maybe this is what you're supposed to do. Look at someone as a whole, not just physically, who am I attracted to them? And then how do I feel when I'm around him? I feel amazing. He sees me. I don't have to perform for this person. I don't care if he chooses me. I just think I like this person. Oh, wow. I think I'm also liking myself and I'm not trying so hard. So he and I just became friends on this retreat. As the week continued, um, the other women, of course, were like, we think we'll just yeah. call this person the way Jamie. Um, just, just to protect, you know, his own, totally. his own yeah. privacy. Um, so all the women on the retreat who knew my story were like, you're still, you got your groove back. You were like in the front of the pack in the class and you're, you know, not wearing makeup and you just seem like a different person on the first day that you showed up. And by the way, we think Jamie likes you. This is your high school. And I was like, no, because in my head, I'm like, I'm not that attracted to him physically. And I'm thinking, no, he doesn't look like the guys that I grew up with or that I'm used to. Um, and they were like, mm, we can tell. Anyway, I like to deny the whole thing. So it was kind of like rebellious. And then at the end of the week, we kissed and we made out and then I was sleeping with him, which also was like so fun and scary. So fun. Yeah. Because I'm like- My favorite was when you I, sent me a text and you were I, like, here's a picture of the guy that I will be fucking this week. I did not. Wow. <laughs> so amazing. I did. I felt so scandalous and like rebellious because this was not what you're supposed to do. I was supposed to go on this like health retreat to like become a whole person. And here I'm sneaking off out of my cabana, walking in the dark to his like staff quarters, having sex all night long, and then waking up, tiptoeing back to my roommate's cabana as if I'm not that girl on vacation. Total walk of shame. And I needed it so bad because yeah. I was like, I still got it. And I don't have to be perfect for this guy. He fucking likes me anyway. Mm -hmm. also, I found security in picking someone who was the opposite of the guy before. Yeah. And probably someone that you figured you'd never see again. Totally. Totally. I was like, I'm not even worried about this. He never calls me again. I was like, I feel like I just woke up 
to another option of the way to live my life. And I think I'm good. I think I'm good. Thanks so much. You just filled my cup. The women, again, filled like my horizons on some, you know, wisdom. And I was like, I think I'm ready to go home. <laughs> so I went home back to Connecticut, went back to my normal job, saw my normal friends. And they all were like, what happened on this trip? Yeah, you look great. Like you got the tan, you look fit, but, but, but like you just seem different. You're talking different. Something in your eyes looks different. And um, I told them, of course, that I had been sleeping with the trainer. And they were like, what? <laughs> Again, that's going against the plan. You're not supposed to sleep right. with a nine week and that's so dirty and gross. They were probably like, ew, she slept with the help. Like, it was a little bit of that tone. Mm. Like, there's no, there's no future with that plan. Mm. You made a mistake. Let's get you into New York. Let's go to this dinner. Let's introduce you to so-and-so, so-and-so's cousin. Because again, he, this guy looks good on paper. And the guy that you're talking about is clearly going to be a life of poverty. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and like, and like, he's going to leave you because that guy sounds like a gigolo. <sighs> and I remember like listening to, again, not that exact conversation, but that's how it felt that I was like, I don't think I need to defend my decisions to these people anymore. These girls are great, but this is where I'm from. It's not necessarily where I want to go. Yeah. So the relationship continued, Jamie and I sit in contact. And then again, long story short, I got the balls to leave my job, sold my car. I got rid of the ring from the previous relationship. That money went in my bank account and I moved with Jamie to, to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And Everyone was like, this is a bad idea. Right. You're trying to live your vacation. You're, where we want you to have a life and you're just totally running away yeah. with an idea. And I was this like, this is a movie. Nobody totally. moves. Nobody sells everything and right. move to Mexico. Nobody moves to the vacation place where they had some sort of an epiphany. You yeah. take the epiphany and you keep going in your normal life. And I was like, I, I, I'm not even going to explain it. I was like, that's so fine if you guys don't support me. I have a feeling I know what I'm doing. And I even said, like, I think because the depression, you know, from the previous relationship taught me, like, resilience. I was like, even if this whole thing with this new guy falls apart and I have to move back home and undo, I'm like, they won't be as bad. Yeah. The fall I had the first time was so deep that if I, this thing falls apart, I'm not going to fall as low. And I know I shouldn't survive this. And it'll be one more chapter, like these women said. One more chapter in my novel that is my life. None of it, none of it am I holding on to, like, this has to work. Yeah. And just to be clear, you didn't move there, like, just for him with no, like, you know, you did get a job there. You changed careers. It wasn't like this guy was like, oh, come, just come here and like be with me, like under my wing. Like, you're like, I have skills. I, you know, you've always. Totally. The relationship was so beautiful in the beginning because the friendship was so strong. Um, And I really liked him as a person. He was a great coach. I didn't, you know, life coaching wasn't a term back then, but he really was like this risk-taking, confident, calm person in the world who had made choices in life that would be the, that I would never make. And I really admired him for our differences. And I explained to him that like, I'd always want to be in fitness. I looked the part, I had all the skills, I obsessed over it at different times in my life, but I chose one path because that's what I went to school for. I have a degree in education. I became a teacher. That's as far as I understood. 
And he was the first person in my life that was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. But like, you can also like change your mind. And I was like, what? he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, if you want to be a fitness trainer, I've done it. He's here. He had also had like five careers by the time I met him. And I didn't know anybody who did that. It's like, you choose one thing, you choose a path. And so his, his life story helped me understand that like, mine could look different. He's doing it. He seems fucking great and happy and kind. And I'm like, wow. And so he helped me get my dream, which was, I would like to leave education. I'm satisfied with my career, but like, I don't want to do this forever. And wow, your life seemed really exciting and romantic and fulfilling. And I think I want to try it. And he's like, if you want to do this with me, you got to be a personal trainer. And listen, it's going to be hard and scary. And you're going to suck for a while until you kind of get good. And I thought, I don't do well with that. I'm a player and I like predictability. And like, that sounds like a fucking nightmare. And he's like, if this is really what you want, I'll help you. And it won't be a nightmare. You can totally do this. He's like, I saw you in all of my fitness classes when we met on the retreat. He's like, you're natural at this. Like he was so, he was so what I needed. He was such a support system and said all the right things. I believed him. And yeah, he basically was like, if you want to do it and you, you and I want to have a life together and you don't want to be in Connecticut anymore, then these are the steps you need to do. Here's the website. You have to apply to have this certification here. There's one in New York city. That's really close to where you're living right now. He was like, not only like, like giving me this idea of what to do. He was like, Here's the actionable steps. Mm-hmm. I can who you are. You're a structured person. Okay. Step one, two, and three. It'll take you four months to complete the course, take the exam. I have the old textbooks. He was like, you want the, you want this life? This is how you do it. But you're doing it. I already did it. You can totally do this. And it was so hard and scary, but I really liked that dynamic. He pushed me in areas I needed to be pushed. I supported him where he, you know, he wasn't doing well. And it was like this beautiful building. And then we moved. Yeah. And then I moved to Mexico. So no, it was not an overnight. Yeah. I'll save you. Yeah. Was what do you really want? Cool. Go get it. And then let's have a life. Yeah. Was, Seems like a good yeah, idea. We moved to Mexico with him. And we, I, I taught at the retreat that I met him at. And then I got to tell these women my story and the evolution from the breakup that led to the life in Mexico. And they thought, I was a fucking unicorn. Oh, yeah. I, thought, I was like, I don't know, some like, some superwoman. And I was like, I'm so not. You're just meeting me at a high moment. Yeah. But if you met me last year, you would be like, this girl doesn't even know who she is. Yeah. It was amazing. We eventually got married um, because I thought, if you marry your best friend, and you do all these risky things together and you never fight and you like who he is and you've grown as a person with him, you should marry that person. Yeah. Seems like the right answer. Totally. Uh, we got married. It was a really simple wedding. Um, part of me knew though, I really wanted a day to be super special the life that I had with him was going to be the same. I knew the wedding wouldn't, wouldn't go change anything. I didn't need the acknowledgement from my parents. I wasn't religious. That part didn't matter to me. I honestly, going back to movies, which is how we were educated when we were a lot young, I wanted the ultimate dress. I wanted the cake. Yeah. 
I wanted the ring again. Yeah. I knew the guy that I was marrying that I, I thought that part no longer needed work. She and I were veterans. We were living in Mexico. I changed yeah. careers. I had like evolved. And again, we never had conflict. So I thought, easy. I'm basically marrying like the version of myself. We're gonna be fine. Um and I thought getting married after we were together, by the way, four years, and then we were married for four years. So the whole thing was eight years. At the time, it was the healthiest thing I'd ever been a part of. And I was like, I feel safe and I feel secure and I can be myself. So I guess the work is done there. And I get to be a princess for a day. Yeah. And then done. No one has to worry about me. And I'll just like keep, you know, teaching fitness at this retreat and telling these other women my, um, my success story. And yeah. boom, boom, boom. Now I'm married to this guy. And I'm sure you wanted that day, but also, you know, realistically, I'm pretty sure your family for them really needed that day to happen because I feel like you guys could have just eloped, but I don't think mom and dad would have been, mostly probably dad would not have been okay with that. Yeah. I remember at one point bringing him home to Connecticut uh, for like during the early courting years. And I, I, and I was still protective of the, my family's like, um, opinion and like disposition and stuff. And I knew that if he showed up like in a t-shirt with all the, this is again, early 2000s, like tattoos or like head to toe tattoos were not so normal now, but back then, like that was pretty prison-y. Radical. (laughs) He was like construction worker or like laborer or alternative rocker something a little bit like cross-culture about that therefore dangerous and kind of bad in the eyes of the place that i'm from was central like tattoos on the neck kind of thing like no so anyway i remember when he first came home i basically was like right if you can wear like a button-down shirt that kind of covers most everything he was like oh and i'm like it's not for me it's for the whole he's like totally understand your dad i'm like yeah my dad. I'm like, because they will not even see you. They'll just judge you on your, your look. Yeah. And then I will be somehow trying to fill in the gaps and just, I don't want that. He's like, totally fine. Got it. Job interview. I'm like, yes, we're the job interview. I'll like, <laughs> to dinner job to interview. save ourselves. Anyway. So yeah. So when we decided to get married, part of the conversation, right. That you don't admit out loud, but you can feel inside of yourself is I want this because we've been together four years, everything seems really easy. I've always wa- saw myself as getting married. So this would be the time when I was like 34. And I thought, my family will see us as legit. Yes. Mm-hmm. Again, long. I want to feel like I made it. I want them to see me like, she's good. If we never got married, I would think that they thought my relationship was temporary. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea. Yeah. I wanted them to see me as an adult and like, I was making this really important decision with this person and I made it mm-hmm. like, I'm good enough. I'm good enough too to get married. All of yeah. you are married. I got it. I'm doing it. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Mm-hmm. Done. Box checked. So yeah. did, when did things start to change after you got married? Like, or how did you start realizing like, Hmm. When he and I decided, no, when he decided we needed to start a business together. Mm. 
because we needed to have control of our future and we needed to make a lot more money and working for other people was not the way to do it. And I remember inside having a panic attack. That to me was like, I don't want to do that. Um, I thought, I don't want to spend 24 seven with you. This is not, of course, what I said out loud, but intuition was like, no. (laughs) My intuition was like, she's going to now realize you're an employee. You are not a businesswoman. You do not think out of the box. You do not like to take risks. And he's going to see you as a huge pain in his ass. And I thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to pretend like a motherfucker to be some Kardashian. (laughs) And I remember being like, how do I talk him out of this? How do I help him find a different business partner? And I can just be super like hot and nice and awesome over here. Like, but I don't like to get my own money. It may be peanuts, but it'll be a a contribution. But I don't want to do spreadsheets and websites. And also you want time away. Like as much as you are a a great partner and you love being in this relationship, you're probably, I mean, well, not probably realizing, like you've always been independent in your own way and need time to yourself. When I was like seven years old, whether it was like babysitting the kid across the street, I always had my own way of making money, my own responsibilities and duties that I had no one overseeing or judging me for it. And I yeah. like to be told what to do. And if there's rules, I will fucking kill it. And I will be the best at whatever you employ me for. But me as my own person, or God forbid, like partnering with my best friend, lover, husband, person, whatever, too much. On too many jobs. So I knew when he told me, listen, we have to do this. I was like, okay. But like my commitment was like a very shaky yes. Mm -hmm. I did it. But in my heart, I was like, this will be our downfall. Because it really wasn't what I wanted. It was a massive compromise on who I was. And I worked so hard at it. But I was so dysregulated the entire time. And I then didn't like myself. Let's go back to a theme with me. And therefore I resented him for making me quit. I hated it every day, but I had to hide it. because I was like, I can't help. I can't let him down. And I can't let him see me be the weak link. Then I'll really feel bad about myself. And then that's a dark hole. So that was for sure for me, the beginning of the end. It was too many things. And, you know, when you started a business, especially with a partner, like there's no extra time. There's no days off. There's no one really to talk to about it because suddenly your best friend is like in the trenches with you. Yeah. And that's all, that's all you talk about at breakfast. That's all you talk about in the grocery store. That's all you talk about at dinner, watching a show. You, be like, you know what we have to do tomorrow? I'm like, there was no, no time off. At least I was like. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Business successful financially, did, or was there still always the strain of like what's going out, what's coming in? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yep. Like we had started actually two different businesses, both of which again not good for me. <clears throat> Great for him. He loves having a partner. He loves having support built into the home, and it ruins me. I need to have my own way of making a difference of service of purpose of making my own money. And then I would like to come home with you. Like I'm going to spend my day doing this together. Yeah. And funny enough, I realized while I was dating him, or actually after we had gotten married, that that was a pattern of his. Every relationship he had was like five to seven years. And every single time they either bought property, started a business, owned a store, had a brand. This was his thing. He partnered and then he went into business with the woman. And I was like, that's not I'm like, quiet. oh shit. I just got cast in the role of, <laughs> you're like, wait, I'm in your movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Mm-mm. I want to go to work on my own and then I'll see you later. Okay. So, so a few times actually we started small businesses with the whole purpose of making more money, but I never valued making a lot of money or whatever that's about. Yeah. I valued like my well-being. So it was a massive compromise of differences uh, that led to resentment, which led to us trying really hard to rebuild. And ultimately it ended. And I think the saddest thing for me, realizing that we had a divorce was despite all the challenges, he had been my best friend for almost 10 years. And I did so many hard things with him that I thought, I no longer get to have that. Like that's now going to become a memory, like a death. And I thought, oh no, like now I really don't. And I was fine with being on my own because again, I had done a lot of challenging things with him, but it was more just the loss of this very comfortable presence in my life that was now going to end. And, um, but I also realized that like the other relationship, like men for me are chapters I don't necessarily believe in this long forever anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, they're there to teach you who you are and you do the best you can, but it will end. It will always end. Whether the partner dies or you divorce or you end up being friends or someone cheats, whatever it is, like it's always temporary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So with that you divorce and then how do you handle this ending this time? Was it, I mean, obviously it was very hard. Did you go back to therapy? Did you, you know, did you have a better support system of friends? Like what got you through it this time? Yes. I no longer was um, ashamed that it didn't work out. I was massively ashamed during the, um, the end of the engagement, but I also now living in a different country. And I no longer had a friend group that believed that success in the marriage looks like this and the ring and all the the value system was completely different. So my circle of friends represented a wide variety of perspectives, culturally, lifestyle, et cetera. 
And they all saw me as like a super badass because of the things that I had chosen to do. And again, I tried my best in my marriage and he and I did a lot of crazy things. And I had told my group of friends the things that I did and they were like, <laughs> they thought the risks that I was taking were so crazy that oh, I, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And I, that I, they had a lot of respect for me. So when the marriage ended, by the way, amicably, Jeff and I just realized this was the end and we still wanted to have the friendship, but the marriage part was no longer a marriage. And, um, and that then, yeah, our time was done and we were going to mourn the loss of the friendship, but ultimately we were meant to be friends. Um, anyway, and so the, the women that I, I shared the loss with and the grieving with were from all different countries. Some of them had never been married. Some of them, you know, were gay. Some of them, you know, uh, whatever. They all had just different life choices and they all were different ages, which is really I helpful. I love that. And super supportive, obviously, which is the most important part, not judging. Not judging. And also nothing bad happened. It was an example of an ending of something that had been beautiful, had had its roller coasters, of course. And then ultimately like just faded into and an ending, like the ending of a beautiful movie, like it ends. Mm -hmm. And these, none of them vilified him because nothing bad happened. I wasn't a victim. No one left me. I didn't, I wasn't scorned. Like there was none of that, which I found really refreshing. Actually, it was just super, super sad. Yeah. And they, yeah, they just listened to me as, you know, you kind of, when you're really sad and you kind of repeat yourself a lot, (laughs) they were, I could tell I was doing that and they were fine to listen to the same story six times. Yeah. I feel like that's really a true friend. I mean, I I feel like. Sit with you in the ugly cry and just nod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I remember that him and I did a really good job after you know the initial first few really hard sad days, where you know we still live here we live in the same area of Mexico. It's a small town, and because we had been so tightly woven together with business, with dog, with family, with friends, etc. Here, um, we had to create some serious boundaries. Because yeah. I didn't want to see him every day if I didn't have to. And so I remember saying like, hey, like this part of the beach, I'm going to go there with the dog on these days. So if you yeah. cannot go there for a while, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Remember the coffee shop that we always go to? Right. It's now mine. <laughs> you can go over there. I, I, also knew, I also knew him well enough to know he was going to date immediately, which was fine. So that had nothing to do with me, but I did not need to see that. Mm-hmm. And I remember well, I that. I think this is perfect for people too, even if they're living in the States. Like if you're in a small town and you're yeah. not going to move away. And, and even as one of your close friends, I was like, oh, you're staying? Like it took, I was like, and I'm oh, sure a lot of people were like, oh, like, you know, mm-hmm. like I kind of love that you still love it enough there. And you oh, this yeah. is your life that you're like, no, bitch, I'm staying. Huh? And I'm actually really glad that you said that because. That part would make me so angry. Pete, so he actually got like mad that you were like, okay, going back to Connecticut. Well, so when you're from like a small, like international community, then, Mm -hmm. and 
we, we were like this American couple that had businesses here and he was so outgoing that he knew everybody. And I was just kind of associated with that whole thing. So I used to make fun of like, he was like the mayor. So everyone knew us, everyone knew our business. Uh, and that was great in a way. But then once we broke up, it was like, it was like when you break up in high school and everyone knows the next day. Do you know what I mean? That's how it felt. And so, um, only men, women never said this to me, but only men who, you know, knew of me or, you know what I mean? Knew my reputation or knew me from the gym or whatever would come up to me with that, like annoying, subtle pity kind of, um, tone. And they'd be like, Hey, you look great. You know, one of those like patronizing. And I'd be like, here it comes. Especially if I'm like walking my dog in the neighborhood, you know, when you're like, yeah, don't expect anyone. Yeah. And I would see somebody approaching me. And again, we knew a lot of people and in a way it was nice, but it also came with like a level of, oh God, here we go. And I remember this one guy came up to me with the best intentions. I wasn't nasty to him, but I was like, here we go. And he was like, Hey, how, how are you? Listen, I heard, how you doing? Victim. And I was like, he has no idea who I am. Yeah. And I go, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, like, and I just had like this like scripted response after a while because it was so exhausting to like, whatever. And I was like, yeah, you know, like it was amicable and he's a great guy and, you know, whatever I was doing to cover up the like awkward exchange that I didn't want to have on my dog wall. And I remember this guy was like, right, yeah, no, it sucks. Um, so you're moving back? Uh-huh. And I would be like, oh my God. Yeah. And I'm like, no, why would you say that? Like, I totally would have to put the power back in myself. And he'd go, well, I mean, you, you're going to be here on your own? As if a woman couldn't handle life in a foreign country with all of the chaos and the confusion that it does break really fucking hard without a man. Right. None of that was said, but it was very much felt. Uh-huh. And that made me feel so annoyed and frustrated. But at the same time, I took that as fuck you guys. Of course I'm staying. My life is not dependent. My value, once again, is not dependent on the status of my position with a man. Or how he treats or if he wants to stay with me or whatever. Like, I have a life here too. I have fucking earned my yes. residence as a foreigner in this country and I have my own community my own life and just because my marriage didn't work doesn't mean that I am now a floating leaf (laughs) with no standing on my own like and I was like wow and I remember I clearly I've never forgotten that and that happened multiple times no woman said to me so you have to go home right like it didn't work so the dream's over and you have to run to your parents like whatever that was about yeah. For like supportability, because there's no way you could handle it. All girlfriends were like, "What are you gonna do now? You know who likes you?" Like it was like all about possibilities and what's happening next. And they were like, "You're an example to us. Like you're you're doing yeah. it." And now you're in the business of you. Like you run your own business on your own terms. How does that feel? How does it feel to be sort of, or not sort of, just living like? on your own terms. I know you've had, you know, some significant relationships since your divorce, but yeah, first of all, first question, how does it feel to be, you know, living your 
your own deal. And then I want to know um, kind of what you're learning about yourself from future relationships after divorce. Okay. Something that I've learned about myself uh, after I would say my divorce, not so much about the previous relationship. That was just devastating on so many levels, but after the divorce, and again, going back to that comment I just made, I realized something about myself, especially living in a foreign country. Yes, on my own, independently functioning, my own money, my own everything, learning the language, all of it that comes with it. I learned quickly that when I feel uh, threatened, ashamed, um, um, embarrassed, disappointed, when I get angry, I get independent as fuck <laughs> because I, I have to survive it because I don't have mom and dad or massive financial support system or my sister or whatever that foundation is. I had to create it within myself. And yes, of course, I've got pillar friends and systems in place, but it's on me to step up, take responsibility, carry on and do my best. Um, And so after the divorce, I learned how to do my own taxes and where's, where's the phone number to the mechanic and how do I um, like register my car when the thing goes out? Like, like all the man things basically that I was afraid to ever learn. So I thought, we don't have to, that's a man's job. I actually had to figure that out um, and be and be resilient and not be jaded by that. Um, but that can also be too much. I can get too rigid, too tough living here on my own, especially when I don't depend or have a partnership. I can be super strict on myself. I can have too many tight rules and systems and that can be my, also my downfall. Mm. And then when I get super wound up like that, that's the walls. Cause I was like, no one's going to push me around. I have made it. I'm still here. And I've gone through lots of different disappointments and, and traumas, if you will, in, in relationships besides the divorce that I was like, that's not for nothing. That's so that I can stand on my two feet and have this hard conversation or go to the police station when they take my car and speak in Spanish and fight with the police or whatever. And um, all of that armor is beautiful. But if I live in that mode too long, I don't know how to soften and let a new man in. Mm. Because I think this works, this tightening, these systems, I know how to perform. I know how to achieve so if I let any of them old down to let some new possible love in or whatever, I can't maintain. I'm gonna I'm gonna fall apart. So I'm still learning that. I'm in a new relationship now who's amazing. And the like the walls and like my tightness isn't gonna work. Uh-huh. Because I meant the joy and the love that I could have with him. So I'm still learning how to balance me as an independent woman living here with all of the history that's led me to now and recognizing the beauty within this beautiful man and how he wants to know me, but I can't maintain this tight structure and let someone know me. Yeah. And part of me 
doing that is, I mean, we've been together like eight months, <clears throat> is letting him know sooner than later my boundaries and limits and my insecurities. And that's something I normally would hide from someone. Right. So that they- yes. So with this new guy, I'm telling him way sooner than later, like this, this thing is not very attractive about me, but this is what you need to know. So you're practicing a new level of honesty. It seems like where you're like, not like talk about this, like on Jeff's show a lot, like his therapist is always like, um, for the first like three to six months, people usually bring their representative. Exactly. The shiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The shiny, like, oh, this is the version of me to like coax you into like falling yeah. in love with me. So you're kind of starting with it sooner being like, here's all my issues, everything on the table. If this still looks yep. good to you, great. If yep. not, namaste. <laughs> yep. Like, like in the past, you know, your intuition kind of shows up for me, like as a slight stomach ache, like, and I, I'm like, uh-uh. and I just push that down. And in the moment, I don't say the thing that I probably should say. Cause I was like, this is going to be awkward. And let's yeah. just say awkward for like two years from now. <laughs> Which realistically is so much harder because when you have less invested in someone or less attachment, I feel like that's what I've learned at least. Like yeah. you probably should say the harder, weird, awkward stuff because you have less stake in the game. Totally. Totally. If you, if you don't like this about me, eh, not such a big deal. Be invested in minimal. Yeah. yeah. Totally. So I remember like the opportunity came and I think again, with all previous relationships, you leave the last relationship with a level of understanding of yourself and sometimes a new scar. Yeah. That when you take time off after one breakup, so I was maybe alone six months ish. And then I ended up being in a new relationship that I was like, all right, I'm going to have to tell this new guy, this new thing that wasn't an issue for me before, but since the previous relationship proved it's an issue, I got to bring this up. The new issue, which I previously never had, was an insecurity about exes. Oh. Every man before. Yeah, you've never. Girlfriend or whoever. I'm like, hey, what's up? Like, there was no, it had no effect. Mm -hmm. The last relationship I was with, I was with this guy six years. Um, God, it's weird. But I I was. This was a year ago. I was with a man for six years. Many challenges in that relationship. The biggest one being this man was a dad and his baby mama was a massive presence in my relationship with him. And as my therapist would say, he had never organized his family situation. So there was really no room for me as the new woman. Mm-hmm. And for many, many years, I was not important. And the, and the baby mama was like the lead female role. So imagine the levels of disappointment and exclusion I I accepted because I was yeah. that was partly on me. I was treated really badly multiple times. And so I left that relationship knowing, okay, I will never be treated badly again. And I will never choose a man that has an ex that's so present in the family or even if it's the mother or it's the daughter. Right. Like, or you're not going to still be best friends with your ex. Thank you. This will no, this, I won't do this again. I have learned that like, there needs to be a place for me or no. Mm-hmm. Fast forward, I'm in a new relationship and right away it is shared <laughs> that he is best friends with his ex. Stop. Nope. Instant stomachache. Instant. I mean, the universe is fucking with you. Danger. I know. You ready for this too? Yeah. Yay! 
You ready for this? Not only is she the best friend, which of course secretly killed me. I was like, ugh, stomach ache. Yeah. She's also, so both, by the way, both guys, current boyfriend, past boyfriend, are Latin. Just whatever. I live in Mexico. So one guy is yeah. from Uruguay, the other guy was Mexico. Both of their exes, which again will be from a theme for me, are from Eastern Europe. The combination is interesting because me being an American. Lines yeah. are a certain way, intense and passionate and lovely and a lot. And Eastern European women, who by the way, both Slovakia and Czech Republic, are, you know, they're communists, they're really hard, they're very on time, they're very um, rational, they're very intense, mm. bit of a box and cold. So you have like the fire and like the ice. But there's me, who's like kind of moldable into whoever you really want me to be. <laughs> so, so anyway, so so in my in the relationship that I was with last year for six years, that baby mama, who was again big personality and very intense, uh, presented a certain a certain character to me that was scary. She was very bossy and very intense. And the, my boyfriend at the time was afraid of her. So that caused a huge, weird power dynamic. Fast forward, I'm with a new man. He's lovely. He mentions right away, oh, yeah, well, my best friend, Veronica, you know, from the Czech Republic. And I'm going, wait, that sound, that feels familiar, like a very familiar TV show that I just stopped watching. And I'm like, huh? He's like, yeah, we were business partners. So, you know, we still share the business, but... You know, we were together eight years, but that was eight years ago. So now she's like, you know, we're just best friends. And I'm thinking, tell me this is not again happening to me. We're not like, to mention it's a meshing of your past marriage where you owned a business with someone. It's like everything is in Familiar bad. Familiar bad. Feels like danger, punch in the stomach. But again, facially, I'm like, keeping it cool. I'm, I'm like so evolved. I've read a lot of books about this. <laughs> I listen to a ton of podcasts. Yeah, truly. I am so educated. Therapy. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this happening again? But I was like, no, 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 no. It's not happening again. I'm different than I was in that previous relationship where I got caught up in some bullshit. And this is a different guy who has a different life story. And the, his best friendship could be completely healthy compared to what I just experienced, which was very unhealthy. And I'm like, I'm like, grown up, if you will. I'm like, I'm like, you can handle it different this time. Right, rewrite the story. Yeah. yeah. So I decide right away, you got to say something. You got to tell him right away that this is kind of an issue for you. Like in prison, you go up to the biggest guy and you punch him right in the face first day. You're no bitch. <laughs> you got to like put yourself, implant yourself yeah. Yeah. in the jail so that you're not fucked with. So... So as per me, and as so classic me that I don't love about myself, before I can say the thing I need to say, I fully tense up. So if you're paying attention, you will physically see an energy shift into like, I get frozen a little bit. So we were like having like kind of like a warm moment as he happens to mention this fact. And I'm like this, uh-huh. <laughs> I get hard as a stone. I'm pretty sure my eyes bug out. I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And he's all of a sudden, he's like, la, la, la. Oh, you okay? <laughs> and I'm ready. I go, I go, uh-huh. <laughs> and I remember he was like, no, you're not. 
And I immediately liked that he was like, no, no, no. Something just clearly changed. I don't know what I said, but you're now completely different. And I yeah. thought, oh, he gets it. I think I'm going to say the thing right now. Yes. Even if it's like yes. not what I did. Fuck it, I'm just going to say it. So I said in the simplest terms I could, which I know is best for men. <laughs> don't over explain. It's not good. I go, listen, I have to tell you something. I don't really like this about myself, but I'm just going to tell you. I kind of have a sensitivity to ex-girlfriends coming back. And he was like, oh, uh, what do you mean? It was the best conversation. He wow. didn't go into defensive mode. He didn't try to explain a situation like the Mexican would have, which would have caused the drama. He really, anyway, was like, tell me more. What? <gasps> he was so calm about it that I was like, oh, this is no longer a dangerous conversation. This is not going to go into a fight. He gets that there's some more information he'd like to know about me because he then said, I really want to know you. What do you mean? The level of safety that presented itself just from the way he said that. And he got up and turned and faced me and made eye contact. I was like, this is my chance to do a better job, Mm -hmm. to stand up for myself and make it real simple. So I said to him, in my last relationship, The ex-girlfriend was like a huge issue and I was treated badly because of it. So when you mention that you're best friends with your ex, it brings up a feeling of danger, like something bad's going to happen to me. Mm. So I said, and he goes, ready? I'm so sorry that happened to you. Oh my God. Uh Uh-huh. Like, like I was so shocked by the level of comfort and acknowledgement. Uh-huh. And then he goes, I just need you to know. This is also was a fucking badass on his side. He goes, I just need you to know. She is my best friend. Which I did not want to hear that. Right. But I was like, I don't, I can have whoever I want with my best friend. Mm-hmm. He goes, She's my best friend and she's gonna be in my life. So I need you to know that. But from what you're saying, what you experienced was like really unhealthy. And I want you to understand that my relationship with my ex is, you know, that I was with her eight years ago and we were together for eight years. And so it's been a friendship for a long time. And she is a business partner of mine and I depend on her and she's in my will. Mm. So she's that person in my life, despite the fact that, yeah, we have been romantic for a, a time. Yeah. He goes, and I just want you to know I will never treat you badly or there won't be a power dynamic because that's all been established. And again, in his own like, you know, English, which is not exactly, of course, how I'm saying it. because I love it. The speaker, the level of respect I had for him went up so high. I was more attracted to him, even though the conversation I didn't want to have for like a long time. And I was embarrassed that I now have this insecurity because of the previous relationship. But that's also something I had to learn. But I love that you led with, this is something I don't like about myself. Listen, this is what I got. And it sucks. And I even said to him too, once he said that part, I was like, ooh, truth kind of hurts. Like basically, she's not going anywhere. And I was like, yeah. Afterwards, I then told him once I kind of was like, this is an adult conversation. Like this is actually like really good for us. I said to him, "Uh uh-huh. I said, just, you know, I don't love it. It's kind of like annoying to me that she's going to be around and like in your life. But I also would like to evolve from this issue because this issue is recent for me. It's not something I've had my whole life. 
And I'm like, I don't want to be like this anymore. So this could be a beautiful challenge for me. Just so you know, it's going to be hard. Yeah. Like it's going to take some work, but be patient. Yeah. And I also said too, like, I don't need you in the future. So say like, you know, she lives in Czech Republic, but she does come back. She's got property here and they partly own this business. He's like, I said to him, this is kind of what I need. I don't need you to change your relationship with her or hide stuff from me because you know I'm sensitive to it. The opposite. I need you to fully tell me when she's coming into town. If she's borrowing your car for something, these are things that are going to make me feel more relaxed than if I'm surprised. Again, we live in a small town. If I'm suddenly surprised that I see this woman who kind of feels like an enemy, but she's not, driving your car at the grocery store and I happen to see, it will send me into a tailspin. (laughs) And I go, this isn't your fault. But I yeah. need you to let me know so there's no surprises. Like, you need to be included. He's like, he's like, I can do that. I love it. Yep. And, he, and, I, and then I go, great, can we move on? He's like, sure. And we're like, done. There was no residual ew explaining. You know what? We don't like that. Like, nip it in the bud. I need this. Do over. I love how this was handled. So grown yeah. up. Totally. Totally. So now after all my relationships, I'm with a beautiful person who's super mature and can have these conversations, but it's still a ton of fucking work. It's still a ton of work. If you want to be better than you used to be, it's constant. It's constant work on ourselves, our side of the street. Yeah. And like you have, I now know I have to take responsibility for the stuff that I bring to the table, which is often my insecurity, which sucks. Cause you don't have to do that when you're on your own. When you're single, you don't have to fucking deal with that. You're not always telling your friends your shit, but when you're in a relationship, it shows up all the time. And if you don't want to repeat who you were in your twenties, 44, then you have to like level up and you don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) I love it though, because you're not in the hamster wheel, you know, you're winning. Right. fighting your own fight. You want to change. You are evolving. You have evolved and you're realistic about knowing that this is a lifelong journey relationships. Yeah. And if I really want to be a better person for myself, cause I got to live with me every day, whether I'm with a man or not, yeah. then I have to bring up these awkward things sooner than later, because then there's no longer that story ruminating until the next conflict. Like it's like, clean it up. Say the thing. If he doesn't like it, all right, great. See you later. Thank you yeah. for the few months that we had. Back to me. It kind of reminds me of this conversation we had one day where you were like, oh, you don't know about the frog? And I was like, what's the frog? And you were like, it's when you have your list of things to do for the day and you do the very most thing you're dreading, wanting to procrastinate on the hardest thing, you fucking check it off your list. And then everything else in your day is so much easier. And I feel like this is showing up for you. I mean, for all of us in our relationships, like you got to address the things that are totally the hardest. I'm disciplined as fuck, as fuck, fast. I'm a personal trainer. So it's like, yes. it's like systems and rules and finish the set and to the timer and to the zero. And it's like all very, yeah, very regulated. Um, and like, I just don't quit. And I wake up at four 30 in the morning and I fast, whatever. I do all the things. Do that, all like, the things. Tight as people, athletes do. Yeah. Do all the things. Um, and I love that challenge psychologically and physically because I find it, 
I just get a lot of self-respect from when I do hard things. However, I find being in a relationship and having and saying the honest thing, which would be like the discipline in the moment, the hardest. I would rather run three marathons than tell him that I don't want to be naked because I've got cellulite on my butt. <laughs> I would rather, like, yeah, run in the rain up the hill for six hours and throw up than tell him that, yeah, I'm sad because my dad died and I don't want to have sex. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Honesty in being vulnerable because I'm afraid he's not going to like me is still fucking harder than all the other hard stuff that I well practiced it. Yes. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's messy and it's beautiful. And I love that you're sharing this for so many people. I love that you share it with me. I feel like obviously this is a conversation we would have anyways. No, I feel like we're just having it. I know. Um, Can I tell you one more thing that I think was so really helpful? Okay. Last thing. No, everything. So in the past, in my old relationships, I wouldn't have deep conversations until months and months in. Or if something important happened, like someone died, and then you suddenly are talking about deep stories that really matter or your childhood, right? So with a conscious effort of really wanting to get to know Santiago well, Santiago being the current man that I'm with, because, yeah, right. Because not only does he physically do it for me, thank God, because that's really important, but I also really like him as a person. Like I like who he is all the time to everybody, his dogs drive on the street to the neighbor, to his employees, to his investors, to the lawyer, to my friends. Like he's, he's, he's like consistent. And I just really respect him as a person. And he inspires me to do a better job. on like, my recycling or, Oh, whatever the fuck. And he's hot. Like, and I want to have sex with him all the time. Okay. Yeah. And his name is Santiago. Come on. Like, it's the most exotic thing ever. Totally. He's tall and surfer and he's delish. Okay, anyway. Hot. So all, all the hot. He's, he, he checks off all the boxes. <clears throat> Where am I going with this? Okay. So I have a deep need to be known by the person I'm really into. Not just by this appearance and the portrayal. No. And the character I can portray. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny that I grew up knowing, oh, that's the formula. Mm-hmm. I want him to know me like my friends know me. And like, you know, like, I don't know, just know the nuances, not just the obvious things, like what kind of food I like. So with that intention, we were getting together for Christmas Eve. Here in Mexico and in Latin countries, like it's Christmas Eve dinner, that's the thing. And like midnight you do present, the next day is coming up. And- I love yeah. that. Yeah, totally. So we decided to go out to dinner Christmas Eve. And that day, I went backwards into an old idea of like, you need to look beautiful. It's Christmas Eve. And like, wear a long, silky dress, of course, which I did. The gold earrings, blah, blah, blah. Hair perfect. Makeup perfect. And then I realized, oh, no, wait, he doesn't. This is actually not important. I will look fine. But actually, I would love to be in a great mood. Because if I get caught up in like, the outfit and the outside appearance, I might be a little bit stressed and edgy. And if there's a crowd at the restaurant, it's going to send my expectations south. And this is the young girl of me, high expectations. And I want magic on a knocking home. on the window, like, Hey, still here. Right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
this guy's too important. And why don't we have Christmas Eve dinner be intimate in a way that I find valuable, which is deep conversation. So I was like, okay. Fuck the outfit and all of the all of the effort putting into myself will yeah. be perfect. You look to run and get like the lashes done last minute. Like just but go. Yeah, it was a consideration. I was like, how can I look even more gorgeous? And I was like, don't worry about it. You're fine. Yeah. I was like, I was like, what fucking matters? I was like, being present and really having a beautiful evening with him, which would mean to me talking to him and feeling intimate that way. So I went online and looked up like all the different ways that you can have a deep connection with someone, whether it's a lover, best friend, somebody at work, blah, blah, blah. Compiled a bunch of questions, like a hundred. <laughs> I love it. Sat down like arts and crafts and I wrote each one out on a blank, blank piece of paper, cut them into strips, scrumpled up into like a crummy ball and put them into a velvet pouch. Oh my God, fun. He had no idea. Picks me up. You look beautiful. My kids, thank you. <laughs> you go to dinner. Huh? Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, this was planned like three days ago. Yes. Yeah. We get to uh, the Italian restaurant and we like look at a bottle of wine. We settle in. And the, the restaurant's like kind of loud and kind of busy, which can be distracting if you're expecting to have an intimate thing. And all of a sudden, I pull out the pouch, the velvet pouch, and I put it on the table. And he's like, what are, what are we doing? And I go, I really want to get to know you and I want you to get to know me. And so I put a bunch of questions together to kind of facilitate a beautiful conversation. I'm like, do you want, I go, but it's a game. Like, do you yeah. want to play? Not until that moment was I like, maybe this is too much for him. Maybe he could be like, oh my God, I have to break up with her tonight. Yeah. Or like, or like, gosh, she's so controlling. Like she wants to have a conversation, meet these 80 questions. The man, thank God, was like, by the way, he calls me beautiful. Like, that's my name. He never calls me mm. my name. Beaut- you, yeah, I want to play a game. He goes, I love games. I love, let me play board games. So we have a little conversation about the nostalgic, like, board games growing up and, like, playing cards with grandparents. And like, yeah. Anyway, the game begins one question at a time. And we do it for hours. We close the restaurant. And it is like. I contact, there's no one else around, even though the restaurant's like chaotic and busy. Yeah. Laughing, tears are coming because we've got yes. tons of The questions went from funny and simple to deep and rich and important. And the man took his time to answer each question, which again, I value that because that's what I would do. Yeah. And it was so revealing and so fun and it just brought up so much emotion and just closeness that um we didn't finish we most finished most of the questions anyway fast forward we went home had a beautiful evening of like sex and wine and champagne and our dogs whatever the next morning we have like coffee and biscotti because he's half italian so it's a whole italian thing anyway I'm, we're making like a second cup of coffee, sitting on like the living room floor in my apartment with like the garden open. We have, he's got two dogs, I have one. So the dogs everywhere and coffee and all the favorite things. And he goes, do you want to finish the questions? Oh my God. He wanted to go back into like the deep relate and yeah. share stories that help you know the opposite person. And we did it for hours. It was like the best thing. It was like the best Christmas I've ever heard of. It was the most romantic Christmas I had ever had. And gift. And gift. 
Okay, ready? Last part. Yeah. I asked one of the best questions, but of course I told all my friends. Oh my God, yes. Please share. One of the questions, and by the way, I've since played this game because I've I made like so many questions with my girlfriends on girls' night. Oh, I love because it. Friends from different backgrounds, you don't know necessarily their childhood. You don't know if like their parents never had a car. Do you know what I mean? And right. I have a lot of friends from Mexico, South America, Russia, Poland, Canada, and different walks of life, different childhood, different again, communism is a big thing that comes up in relationship to American culture. And it's fascinating. You could you still don't know things about your girlfriends. That is just it just matters. Yeah. It just matters. Okay. Best question he got. And again, he never knew like what who was gonna pick what question. Best question I wrote, which was what are three things you've learned from your previous relationships? Ooh, I love it. Active. And again, there was no prompt. He didn't just like listen to a podcast and is regurgitating, you know, like the good answer, which I'd like to do. Yeah. He goes. And it took him a few minutes, which again, respect, you know, like really thinking about it. Don't give me some bullshit dumb answer, right? Like have fun, have sex. No. Okay. What he's learned from his previous relationships. And by the way, he's only had two long ones. That's it. One was eight years. One was like one or two. I've had a lot. He goes, um, you can't change the person. You have to accept them as who they are from the beginning. If they change, but kind of don't expect them to. Um, the next one was don't take them for granted. You still have to date them. Mm -hmm. And the last one, you can't take what they do personally. Yes. So good. I'm writing it down. That was a really big one for me because I tell them, I'm like, I can get into really bad moods and it's nothing to do with you. It's because I got to regulate myself and I either didn't work out or I ate something weird or my stomach hurts and I will go down south fast, but I'll never throw it at you. So if I'm not quite right, you don't have to fix anything. Mm-hmm. He's like, he goes, good, because I don't, I'm, I don't take things personally. And I'm like, great. Then this won't be a thing. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's something I've struggled with for years is learning to not take things personally. I'm still learning it. Actually, think- Yeah. And it's so easy to like preach or like say it to your friends, like, oh, it's not about you. But like when you're in it, you're like, you have to remind yourself, oh, it's not about me. That's totally them. That's their thing. Okay. Going back to the idea that like he, his ex-girlfriend is his best friend. Fucking hate it. It pisses me off. It makes me feel yucky. I'm like, oh no. And then I have to go, that relationship has nothing to do with me. Yeah. Him choosing to have her still in his life is not a threat to me. If I can, I can make that story up. But no, right. he can be friends with whoever he wants. Yeah. And it sucks to have to face that. But there we yeah. are. I would like to be better than this. And the only way I can be better is if I'm faced with the same thing again. Yeah. And but you I- will learn in this relationship by the his actions and how he treats you exactly. what the truth is. And, you know, it's not a story you're creating. Yep. For example, she's back. Just since this is literally happening to me right now. This woman back in Mexico, uh, she has to help with this business, whatever. And so, and he's building a house down the street for me. So he's in my neighborhood often. Normally that's a great thing. because I walk my dog a lot and it's like a quick, like, Hey, what's up? Make out in the street. Last night he writes me and goes, Hey, beautiful. Just a heads up. 
she's in the car with me and I'm driving to the construction site. So if you happen to be walking by the house, yeah. just know she's there. Cause I know you don't like to be surprised. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew, she's coming to my neighborhood. And I was like, but he's, do- he's doing the right thing. He Fuck. Is- now I have to be mature. Totally. I hated it, but at the same time, I was like, he's doing what I asked. Yeah. This is now Yeah. So what did I do? I ended up leaving my house and going the opposite way because I just don't need to see it, even though yeah. it's not a threat. I still don't like it. And also good for you for going the other way, because I feel like in the college days, you would fully be walking towards that construction site. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would totally challenge his good behavior and be like, and just show up. Hi, oh, funny running into you guys here. Right? Or more like a psycho bitch, I would drive by and not even look. Yeah. I know he's in my car. Like the whole thing would be a power issue. And I was like, no, you you have as to you're blaring hip hop smoking a cigarette. Oh all the things. That's tough <laughs> bitch. Right. I would go into cool girl character because that's very familiar. But that's me at 25. Yeah. And I'm 40. Uh, I listen to your podcast. I cannot do it. <laughs> God damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to own the discomfort. It's on me. It has nothing to do with them. She could be great. So the ex-girlfriend, I'm bringing it back because it is actually like, like a major topic for me at the moment. So I'm having to face my own maturity or immaturity. So she's here now for two months. This is something I was aware of when we first started dating. It's like, just so you know, this is the dynamic. She lives yeah. here sometimes. She comes and goes. When she is here, she helps me with business and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, huh, don't like it. But I also, underneath my own bullshit about it, want him to have less stress. When you really care for someone, you want their life to be easier. Yeah. So if I can provide that support and she's the business partner, okay. Like that's her role in your life, even though I find it a little bit threatening. So anyway, so she's here for two months, which means in my fantasy, they're having coffee together and they're speaking Spanish together and whatever. She's providing stuff that I, that I'm not, and she's going to be a big part of his day for two months. And there's going to speak about business. I'm going to hear about this person because this is his life. Yeah. And I'm like, so the immature part of me is a little angry because I don't want to have to face that, although it's happening. And she just got here like two days ago. <clears throat> so one of the first reality hits with that, which is like causing me some distraction inside and feeling bad, is that yesterday, again, I was going to walk my dog down the street to say hi. And he texted me right before I did that. Hey, heads up, she's here with me. And so, of course, the 14-year-old in me is like, why does she have to fucking come here? Yeah. This is my turf. Uh-huh. I can get very territorial really quickly. Yeah. Uh, whatever. And so instead, instead of being kind and writing a thoughtful response, I go, got it. Well, that was the best I could do. That was the best I have. I'm sure yeah. you could tell that's not your typical response. Yeah, it's like, when, like, it's yeah. like when someone, and when I mean someone, I mean George. <laughs> if I text him something and I get back uh, the letter Y for yes, <gasps> it's such a like, it's not his typical response. It's so cold. It's a fuck you. Like, how dare you text me the letter Y? 
you can't get you you can't do less no that no. is like chicken scratch it's like Period. Yeah. Oh my God. So you texted about it. Right. Which took me like 10 minutes because I couldn't stop it. Like my first option was just no response. And then I'm like, no, that's that's not nice. I was like, he's trying. He's he's doing what I asked him. So I wrote, got it. (laughs) <laughs> whatever and That's then the I, like leaving my property the opposite way which took way longer but then less um and then later he sent a voice note along with the same like within the same hour and was like hey like uh hey we're leaving now but you know i just i just wanted to tell you that we're here because I, I know you don't like to be surprised anyway he was just trying to soften the whole thing knowing he wasn't received very well and I took like three hours to respond. And I go, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Teenager, you. Totally. So then he was like, Ugh. so then, you know, after that, he wrote like, hey, well, like, I'm sensing something's not quite right with you. Um, are you okay? Like, can we hang out later? Like, are you, I think you're done with your last Zoom at like six. Like, can we spend time together at eight? Like, I'd love to see you. Lovely. Couldn't be nicer. I was not open to it. And I thought, I thought, and I thought, cause like the walls are going up, mm-hmm. like she's there. I don't like it. She's yeah. way too close. You're to fully being out. triggered. She's including her in his errands. I'm like, eh. so I'm like, the walls are going up, <laughs> but I can't get mad because he's doing his best. Right. And, and he's, he's showing up for you for what but you said you needed. I'm showing up for me. So yeah. So anyway, so I, I wrote it right up and I go, yeah, you know, I'm free, I'm free later. I'll be done with my Zoom at like eight. But like, there's no confirmation we're hanging out. And he was like, okay, great. I'll call you later. And I'm like, mm-hmm. finish my Zoom session. And I realized, no, I don't want to shave or look pretty or clean up my house because he has to come to my house. And I thought, I'm going to smoke a cigarette and like watch my shows. I don't want to have sex with you. I don't want you to hug me. I'm annoyed that the ex is here and I'm feeling very vulnerable and like, like bitchy about it. And I don't want to have to recover that and be open and nice to you. It's just too much effort. It's just too far for me to go. It's late. Fuck it. So I finished my zoom and he's like, Hey, beautiful. How are you? And I'm like, "Mm -hmm." I go, yeah, listen, um, we're going to have to make this a different night. And he goes, yeah, no excuses, nothing extra. And he goes, oh, okay. Are you okay? And I wrote, all good. <laughs> Not true. But that is the that is what I like to portray. Yeah. And he goes, okay, well, have a beautiful evening. And let's talk tomorrow. I look forward to seeing you. XXO, like, couldn't be lovelier. Mm-hmm. He's doing his best. Mm-hmm. I'm giving 50%. But that's what I have. It's where mm-hmm. you're at today. Yep. Yep. So this morning, one of the many messages I was not answering because I'm focusing on you in this was, hey, beautiful, good morning. Uh, how's it going? I'm down the street working, you know, the construction facilitating my house. I'd love to see you. Can I stop by? Damn it. He goes, but if you're at the gym or Zooming, then, you know, just let me know. And I was like, mm-hmm. nothing. So what am I doing today? I have to resolve that. Yeah. Uh, I'm t- yeah. I got to go to the gym. I got to um, walk the dog again. 
and then eventually make plans with him. But that means I have to be mature. What? Oh, I have to oh, be, you have to be mature. It means you have to be mature. I have to like, yeah, stop being yeah. kind of bitchy. Yeah, yeah. we don't need to punish him. He's- No, but I want to. I know, but you're not going I, to. No. You're not going to push him away. I'm trying to create drama, but yeah. there's no place for it. It's the, it's, yeah, your old self wants to push him away, wants to create a fight in which then he'll just break up with you so it's easier and you can walk away. No. News from the beginning. So if you can't handle it, yeah. I don't think yeah. like that that means though I haven't evolved. And like I have to evolve. You're working on it. Yeah. It's a new muscle. Get There's it? Personal trainer. I and saw the rep relationship. You know, uh, three reps of this muscle doesn't do it anymore. It's four to five. Oh, right. Consistently. Consistently. Sets. <laughs> I just started the warm up. <laughs> yeah, you're warming up, but look, you're self aware. Yeah. You know you want to change it. It's just yeah. going to be a little bit harder for you yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. It's like getting on the boat when you're already a little bit nauseous and you're like, I have to get on the boat to go home. Yeah. Yeah. It's grown up I'm shit. A... Uh, yeah. Grown up shit. Totally. Yeah. Grown up shit. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.